0: Okay. So thank you so much for coming. So what we'll do today is we're pretty casual, encourage you to ask questions at any time. We also have reserved some time at the end for more questions, um, but please raise your hand if you have questions. So what I'll do is I'll start to skip, you know, for those of you who have been busy studying and not necessarily, you know, watching the news every five minutes, I'll give you a little quick outline of what's happened and then I'll um, post some questions to our fabulous panelists. So a few weeks ago, um, Elon bought nine percent, a nine percent stake in Twitter. Um, he filed uh, uh, a little late on that, and we'll have Professor Chapman talk about that later. Um, on April thirteenth, Elon sent a brief letter and a text message to Twitter's board. Offering to buy Twitter at the time, it seemed like kind of a novelty, a little bit strange. Wasn't sure it was going to was going to happen. And indeed, a couple days after that, Twitter adopted what's called a poison pill, which is a defense mechanism that makes a takeover much less likely. Elon um, then announced uh, that he was thinking about a tender offer. For those of you in M and A, you know what that is. For those of you who don't know what that is, um, teaching M and A again next year, so (laughs) sign up early and often if you don't make it this year. Um, So. and then uh, very recently, Twitter and Elon uh, uh, announced that they had reached a deal. They had gotten financing for the deal, which Chuck will talk about as well. This is subject to due diligence and regulatory approval. Um, but my personal view is that I think it's likely to happen at this point, whereas if you'd asked me five days ago, I would have said probably not. So with that, let me turn it over. So Chuck, my first question is for you. So a lot of a question that's on a lot of people's mind is why? why does Elon even want to buy Twitter?
1: Of course, you give me that one um, For me to speculate about his state of mind, i'm not sure he knows his own state of mind frankly um, and that's not I, this is a opinion of my my own opinion, and I know you know i'm not meant to be casting aspersions, but I think it was um a megalomaniacal whim frankly um. His, because his his, his his business logic. Was, so let's think about it that way. His business logic makes no sense. His business logic to me um, is that their business model is wrong. And if you think about the Twitter business model, it is ad supported. They have a they have a, almost all of it is ad revenues. There's a small bit of their revenue, half a billion dollars, where they sell the data um, on an anonymized basis, so that other advertisers can play with the data and figure out affinity groups, affinity affinity groups, et cetera. But essentially they sell ads. So ask yourself the following question, which is what is a platform that is selling ads to mainstream advertisers, Oreos, Wheaties? Um, What what does that platform need to look like in order to be an appropriate and effective um, ad collection engine? Well, it should look pretty much like Twitter does Uh, Which is to say that it can't be, it, it, it shouldn't be, at least in my opinion, it shouldn't, it won't be as effective or as appealing a commercial vehicle for the advertisers if it is not a moderated set of discussions. So Elon goes down the rat hole. Again, my opinion. Um, we usually call it a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's yeah. I feel like. Okay. Well, see, it's just it's back to my... I don't think he really understands what business they're in, frankly, because he he talks about it as being you know a free speech zone. The company, Twitter would say that they are the town hall of the internet. That, those are very different statements of intent. And those are very different statements of intent because they need to be because Twitter, as, as an extant business needs to figure out how to finance that. They have hundreds of programmers and millions upon millions of um, dollars going into the content moderation activity. You should go to the website. You, there is a wealth of information. This is not in... Um, you can disagree with any individual decision, but they got a lot of people working on a very important problem, which is how do you Take this magical reality space that we have. And the internet is a very bizarre thing if you think about it. It is a ubiquitous substrate of free communication on a worldwide basis. And we just kind of drop that in people's laps, in your laps, um, as digital natives. And nobody really thought about the implications of that. This is, you know. So why does he want to own Twitter? He, you know, what he what he will say, what he has said publicly, what he has tweeted. Which is an irony there. Uh, <laughs> what he has he has tweeted is that uh, you need to open the aperture. We need to have more speech. More speech is better. He said two days ago. You know you'll know you're running a platform right if only ten percent of the extremists are feeling bad about how their content is being moderated. So that at least admits that he knows that there needs to be continuing content moderation. Uh, but it, it is. If I'm an advertiser, I'm very careful about whether or not, you know, I, I can, I'll go, with, uh, I'll go with the avocado toast people over here at, you know, <laughs> uh, at uh, you know, or I'll go to Facebook or I'll go to, you know, there are so many places. It's a competitive environment. So it needs to be a, an attractive platform to attract advertisers. And I'm not sure he's going to get there. He's kind, of, he's kind of turned it into politics rather than economics. He's ignored the fact that 80% of the use, user base is OUS. It's only, there's it only 30 million users in the U.S. There's two 340 million total users. It's like, wait a minute. So, and then it'll say, he says things like, it's essential for a functioning democracy. Well, how does that work in Iran again? You know, it's like, it's, he's he's in a reality distortion field. So I don't get it. Um, other than he got, like I said, that. It was a whim. He said, I don't like their business practices. I think they're on the wrong path, so I'm going to do the billionaire thing today and I'm going to say, (laughs) I'm going to buy it. Is this proof
2: that you can have too much money?
1: (laughs) You can have too much. Well, it's really the admixture of money and sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have a lot of sense, so I could have a lot
2: more money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway.
0: So this is interesting. So one thing you say here is that it's like, you know, it was kind of a whim. It's, it's obviously been happening really fast. So so Professor Chapman, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, given how fast it's been, what laws have already been kind of fudged in this process? You know, I think the biggest is 13D and the securities um, regulations. I, you know, it's hard to gauge what else could possibly be wrong. But to me, um, I actually just pulled up the numbers. And investors who sold him shares between thirty-eight twenty and forty thirty between March twenty fourth and April first missed out on one hundred sixty-five million dollars, assuming they would have jumped to the similar price. I think that's too big for the SEC to ignore. One hundred sixty-five million dollars to people like you and um, me—if that's who he bought from, you know—and if we're thinking about what the the SEC is supposed to do and who they're supposed to protect, I'm actually surprised. We haven't heard anything from the SEC.
2: I mean, I, I actually think I would be shocked. I'm kind of with you if the SEC doesn't commence an enforcement action before the, before the, the proxy statement uh, at some point before the proxy statement gets gets published. It's hard to mm-hmm. imagine that it doesn't happen. And just to see how blatant this is, when you go to the 13D, 13D has on its cover it says "event giving rise to." To filing the, file. the date? The date is March 14th. Okay? It's 10 days to file. So that's it's, it's March 14th. On, on the face of his filing, he's admitted that he violated like the law. So I, I I just don't see how the SEC can't go after this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, now. What they can impose a fine, and you might say who cares? Um, I think the other thing you have to keep in mind here is he's got an existing consent decree with the SEC. So he's a recidivist. Violated securities laws. That, mm-hmm. that and, and he's also in that consent decree, there's a permanent injunction against his violating this provision of the federal securities. So he's also actually violated a court order because a consent decree is a court order. So he's violated a court order here.
0: I just want so, to point out how funny it is that he has, like, there's an injunction against him violating laws. The rest of us just don't violate laws. laws. We don't <laughs> right. Have to be further <laughs> well, enjoined. Yeah, what it does yeah. is it
2: gives it gives them a huge hammer if they want. It's just it's just they can go after him for contempt. So, for criminal well, contempt, I, which yeah, is
1: another way I, to say megalomaniac. right? Well, the right. other
0: thing is, you know, Kathy and I have spoken about his Twitter nanny. Like, not only does he have an SEC, not only does he have a consent decree, his tweets are supposed to be reviewed. Yes, right. He's not supposed to be tweeting at will. So, it's I don't see how the SEC doesn't do something. Not I think to. that's they have to. Yes. Okay,
2: I mean, so... With Twitter nanny, how, how, how is this allowed to have Twitter right, So before with to
0: Tesla. <laughs> so, so. Yes. Uh, so, Peter, before we answer, we have, I have to repeat the questions for the whole Okay. So the question is, with a Twitter nanny, how is he allowed to tweet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is with respect to Tesla, but his collateral, his liquidity is Tesla. So I don't know how anything he does isn't... Couldn't be inferred to be connected to Tesla. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, like I would at least think that one. I think this Twitter nanny does nothing um, ever. There's no bad nanny. (laughs) It's a very bad nanny. Um, But I would think that if the Twitter nanny did exist or or had any teeth, that he wouldn't have been able to tweet this. See, I'm not sure I agree
2: with that. I think that goes up. Yeah, because this is because the way the consent decree works is if he makes comments about Tesla. He did, why, why it might affect? I think I, I think I hear you. there's an argument here, but I'm not sure I agree that that's that the inevitable conclusion.
1: Oh well, if the FCC doesn't bring the action, I'm a I'll bring a derivative action on behalf of the Tesla shareholders. Well, actually, they, this is I mean, he is a material I, event. This is a fun and, project and, for you and, and he, and he has not, and he did not follow the rules. It's like wait a minute, you're the you know genius, the boy genius who invented Tesla. Yuck. <laughs> um, yuck, yuck, Which he did but... uh, Yeah. Different, well, that had to be settled in a lawsuit, by the way. I know. He was not a founder, and, but he has been judicially determined that he was one of five co-founders. <laughs> they did it in some IP lawsuit. It's like, whoa. Okay. Um, but in any event, if I'm a Tesla shareholder, this is material. It's like, what do you mean? You're going to spend all this dough and not run my company? Get out of here. That's not okay. And more than that. That's happened? a
2: breach of fiduciary duty. Well, and, and, and you're going to clobber the stock at Tesla. Yeah. Um, you know, because he's got to sell his only liquid asset. We'll come to the Oh, So we'll get to that. Okay.
0: Yes. Okay. So, Peter, I'm going to ask you. I know you. I know. I know you're dying to talk about this. So I'm going to let you do it. So, <laughs> if you were advising Musk, what would you have had them do?
2: Well, for him, all, I guess. I, I, I first advising Musk. Musk. Yeah? Okay, mm-hmm. Musk. Yes. So if I was advising uh, Elon Musk, first of all, I'd probably want to blow my brains out. But because <laughs> I've been told that he's basically fired every lawsuit in the Bay Area, every law firm in the Bay Area. I mean, it's just he's, he's a, and, and I've also been told he doesn't like to pay his bills. So I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like to represent Elon Musk. Put that on. I think, the, I think actually, uh, first of all, I would have. This was a, a self-inflicted wound to violate 13D. It, it saved him, you know, maybe it saved him a few a few bucks, but it's all a rounding error in all this exercise. So first of all, get the 13D on file. Um, by the way, he, he started with the 13D, not at all clear that he was eligible for that, but put that aside. So
0: let's just back up for one second for those students who haven't taken SecRide or something. If you owe,
2: if you buy more than five percent of a company, you have to make a filing, and that's what he didn't. Do. And you have to do it within ten calendar days of the day you cross the threshold. So that's what he what he didn't do. So first of all, I'd say, look, that was that was just that's just there's no reason for that self inflicted wound, own goal, however you want to describe it. So, but then he went out there, so he made his proposal, his initial proposal. I think he didn't. Um, he, it, nobody t- I didn't take it seriously. I started taking it seriously when he, I don't know, but you, you guys, I started taking it seriously when he basically issued his financing. Okay? He made a commitment to put in $21 billion in cash. Okay? That, that, I didn't actually think he was going to do that. But once he did that, and then he's got to about, put that on top of it, he became serious. Um, I think the way I think he played it over the weekend seems to actually have been reasonably smart, because what I think he did, and Chuck and I can argue about this, but I think what he did is he called up a few uh, Twitter sh- Twitter shareholders and said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And basically said, "I'm serious about this. 5420. I got the money." He had he had to show he had the money before he could have that conversation with them, right? Because they otherwise they were to say. They, they wouldn't have had the uh, meaningful discussion with him, but what do you, then he, they basically, they, they called, I'm sure they called Twitter and said, don't, let you know, 5420, don't let him out of the room. I'm sure that's, an, I'm guessing that's, he, he made calls, and I've done this before, uh, where you basically get your shareholders to make calls to the target and say, hey, let's get this deal done. And so I think he also, the way he sent him a letter, I actually thought it was smart because what he said is, I'm giving you a very seller-friendly deal. He sent him a letter on Sunday and said, you don't even have to recommend money. Let the shareholders decide. Let them decide. Because I think he didn't think there was any competition. He was confident, based on the conversations he's had with, with other shareholders, that 5420 would be attractive to them. And so, by saying "let the shareholders decide," I think he put a lot of pressure on the Twitter board. Um, so I actually think, you know, where we had some, he had some problems—not you know, legal problems. I think from a, I don't, I don't know how you feel. I think tactically, you know, his end game over the weekend was not was not bad uh, from his perspective. I thought he played it reasonably well. Mm, I'm not there.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I think he completely blew it from the get-go because remember you said 5420 is my best and final. You never say that. Oh. And and the the reason you don't say that is because that opens up a very powerful defense which the Dumbos who were advising Twitter did not go down this path. They so what you do if somebody says 5420 best and final, my highest offer, then you get your turn to your friendly neighborhood investment banker. You get an in an in an and inadequacy opinion, and you say, just say no. <clears throat> pill in place, we're not doing anything. You know, see ya. And right?
0: 420 wasn't even the highest that, test, that Twitter had been trading No, that's year, I, right? I have
1: a Morgan Stanley research report from the fourth quarter. It has the, the bull case on the stock is 84.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, With the average you know, being
0: 70. Yeah, yeah. 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 I
1: mean, the, it's so the price was not super compelling. And he said best and final. This is where his personality gets in the way of good tactics. He said that because I'm not going to screw with this. I'm going to tell them what I'm prepared to do. If they don't want to do it, I'm fine with that. He schedules his day in six-minute increments, which those of you who go into corporate practice will understand how relevant that is at some point in, in the future. Yuck, yuck. Um, but in any event, he said best and final. So what they should have said is, sorry, inadequate, Bills in place. See ya. What's he gonna do? He can't. He can launch a tender offer. He can get. He can get the box full of shares, but with the pill in place, he can't
2: buy. And more than that, I and mean, the other thing that people typically do on the, on the defense, on the offense, you'd say what you want to be able to do is launch a proxy contest to basically fraud the board. He's missed. He's missed the filing deadline. It, yeah. you, the timing for this deal actually should have been about 60 days sooner. The way it works under their files, which is quite typical, is you have, if you want to nominate people to the board, they have to submit them 90 to 120 days prior to the annual meeting. That window is passed. The right time to launch this would have been in yeah. a couple of months. You're ago. assuming
0: yeah. he planned
2: something. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> right? y- Have y'all heard the story of the price, right? It's another 420 joke. Yeah. That's why it's fifty four twenty. So, Carlos, this is, <laughs> this is a good segue. So, Carlos, if you were advising the board of Twitter, what like would you have done? What Chuck says here, like get that adequacy opinion. What would you have done? Absolutely, I would get an adequacy opinion. I mean, my biggest concerns. You know, I tell my students when I teach business associations, I'm going to speed through Revlon and Unicall because nobody makes these mistakes anymore.
2: Right.
0: And <laughs> then I see this, and I'm like, Are they making Revlon Unicall mistakes? Right. Are they? Are they actually seeking out the best price? Are they being coercive? Um, are they actually making sure the company's properly valued? Are they paying attention to fiduciary duties? And I just don't feel like, I haven't seen anything that is obviously a breach of fiduciary duties with what we see in the public, but that's my initial concern. Well,
2: I guess I'd say this. Do you think, and maybe we should ask, does anybody here think that there was going to be a lot of interest by other people be paying more than fifty four twenty, and the other. Well, that that, mm-hmm. that I was going to say the
1: the only thing he gets out of saying fifty four twenty is my best and final is he set the reserve price for the parties away, right? right. Mm-hmm. So then, so now you don't have to go through an elaborate dance with Microsoft or XYZ and sort of say, hey guys, are you interested? And they say, well, maybe you we'd know, like to do some diligent body body blah, blah, blah. You just say, look, if you can clear fifty, if you can get fifty four twenty twenty one. We're done here, right, on, you know, an acceptable merger agreement. So that actually, you can think about that as either a tactical error, or you can think about it as a tactical genius, because I think from his perspective, he just said, look, that's my price. If somebody can beat it, I'm okay with that. So from his perspective, creating what you usually takes a number of weeks to develop in he could be way, away. He just sort of said, look, we, I, I get it now. Public companies have to deal with shareholders. So I'm just going to set the reserve price. If they can beat that, i them out.
0: Um, and I think, can we jump topics a little, Kathy? Because um, I think it'd be interesting to talk about, is it actually possible for anyone else to want or to acquire Twitter? I think that's a really good point, right? So we've talked, I mean, various groups of us have talked about this before. There's not that many people, I think, who could actually make it happen in terms of, like, who would want it, right? And who would want it who's not already doing something like it, right? Could yeah. Facebook really buy Twitter? I don't think so. Like, no. I, would, I don't think it would pass antitrust. No. So, right. I don't... Um, the rumors I had heard were Microsoft. I think Silver Lake was involved in a it. Yeah, but we're Silver Lake's interested. a
2: private... You, yeah. you can't pencil out the numbers on a, private, on a real private yeah. application. That doesn't work. Um, right. I don't know who else... Did. I mean, the, the, the,
1: the, the continuing issue with Twitter has been... It is, you know, met, met, the megaverse, right? Um, the metaverse, uh, take any of their advertising assets out of Facebook, and if you do the ratio of the number of users to the dollars generated, it's like blows this thing out of the water. This is a very underperforming asset in terms of its ability to generate, given the user base, and the amount of tweets and all that sort of traffic uh, stuff, it doesn't generate very much advertising revenue. It's only seven billion dollars.
0: And year. how many of you tweet?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Wait, does nobody here tweet? Brian <laughs> <Where I'm> Pang <laughs> tweets.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. we got it. We got We, we had that
0: it. discussion. It seems that's to be right. like a millennial Gen well, X like, thing, not necessarily. This a... is
1: an Instagram, do you, do you, TikTok. Do you, and
0: Chuck, right do you all tweet?
1: No, no.
2: But <laughs> well, I, I don't. Chuck well, and I are old. <laughs> um,
0: Oh, wait. We should pause here before we get into more stuff. Any questions from the crew? Yeah, go ahead, and I'll repeat it for the recording.
2: Can you explain like, the one hundred sixty-five million dollars loss. Risk that you have had
0: it- oh, can you explain the loss for the recording? Go ahead. How do you explain the the loss to shareholders? So it's just a rough estimate about how many shares he bought and the prices of those between those days, and so. It's an estimate they think, and obviously we don't know exactly how many shares he sold on what day. But when you take the stock price between thirty-eight twenty and forty thirty between March twenty-first and April first, those people lost out on one hundred sixty-five million. Take
2: take a step back. The forty thirty is what the where the stock traded up to when his when he disclosed his stake. So the theory is the stock would have traded up to that level, okay, And, and therefore. These people sold cheap because right. that's what, if he had disclosed their stock price, then the stock
0: price would have gone up. The right. so right. people who sold to it. him at 28, 30 lost out the difference between twenty eight right. and forty.
2: His disclosure
1: was defective, which meant the market was inefficient. That's the yes. only way to think about it. Yeah, For My garden school friends.
2: Yes.
1: Um, it's so. And the how do you, how inefficient was it? Well, it's the delta between where it went to when his disclosure first came out, and then he missed a day. So, there were, you look at all the trading volume for the days that he was. And, out and there the is product. a
2: lawsuit that's been filed by Twitter shareholders, a, a putative class action on, for violation 13D. There's a bit of a problem. There is no private, at least three circuits have said there's no private right action under 13D, which is one, Which whether that's right or wrong, we can debate. But that is what three circuits have said. Uh, and so I think that's why the SEC has to do something. They can't just let this go. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Green shorts. Um, so while we're talking <laughs> about the stock price, um if we take the you know the market price right now Twitter is some sort of signal of what investors are thinking, it's trading now that the deal has been approved at like a seven percent discount. Yes. Do we think that's just you know time value of money between now and the closing? Or yeah. what do we think that's you can repeat the question? So the stock is trading at a seven percent discount from is from, year, from the offer, from the offer price. Yeah. What does right. that represent? I'd say it's it's time value money. I think you know that this deal should take you know should be done within 120 days is what I'd expect, yeah. and, and, and that should be you know at the outside it's time value money plus I think a little bit more of a discount because there's, it's an Elon Musk flake factor. So normally I think Chuck, the discount would be a little less than that, but this is yeah, know, this
1: is a there lot. are billions of dollars of risk arbitrage capital that. Exist for this moment, um, and that is the, their only investment thesis. So it is the probability to close, which is a factor, you know, something less than a hundred, and the time value. And they look for modest returns. To so used to be in the eighties, it was like a big crazy business, and now risk ARB is just one of I think one of many strategies that multi
2: strategy right. hedge funds do. There would be some. What someone would say, hey, wait a minute. It should close within 90 to 120 days, but what if the government takes the antitrust authorities because they're looking at a lot of really strange things these days and they don't like big deals and this is a big deal. I mean, he's, a, he's a controversial. So I think there's some risk okay, that that gets elongated just because the government looks at it, even though substantively there's really, not no there. Other That's questions? Good. Yeah, Brian. So, <clears throat> In a, in a case like this, that you have the model and where the target board uh, in a pretty short time accepts an offer from a buyer that they specifically set up defensive measures against, do you think that warrants any sort of like enhanced scrutiny that's going to jeopardize the deal, or do you think that creates an opening for? What's up, Carlos? Going yeah.
0: So his question was, does a deal that moves this fast with someone they set up defense uh, tactics against, does that warrant additional scrutiny? I think because of the pricing and because no one else has come along, maybe not. But I'm, I'm interested in seeing the merger agreement. Like, mm-hmm. I really need to see more documents. Yeah. And, and one thing that has, has been driving me crazy about how fast all of this is moving is how little we're seeing. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm giving the typical law professor, it depends <laughs> answer, um, purely because I feel like a, a merger agreement could come out this afternoon and my head will explode, right? Or, you know, a, a something could be tweeted today or could be being tweeted right now while we're here that changes That's my mind. Right. <laughs> what have we missed?
2: Yeah. Well, I'd, also say, I'd also say, I don't know what the board did. Did the board mm-hmm. make any outbound calls? I bet you they did. Uh, I bet know. they did, right? Yeah. Okay. So they probably made a few outbound calls even if they didn't to, to potential buyers, even if they didn't expect to get a positive response, to help create a record that they did that. They also probably got advice from antitrust lawyers, which would have said if there's an industry buyer, even as they come in, you know, it's gonna take that. It's, it's going to have an extensive review. That's going to take nine to twelve months, which allows the board to say, "Gee, it's a very volatile situation. Do I really want this still hanging out for nine to twelve months?" Et cetera, et cetera. So, I'm guessing that the guys from uh, the guys from Scadden created a good record here to, to basically on those issues. But it sure. went in the law
1: school exam answer, we're in heightened scrutiny. Is we're we're, we're UNICAL, mm-hmm. we're, we're now in Revlon. No. We're now. But, but we, we started we were, we in UNICAL, yeah. So we You're were actually. in UNICAL with heightened scrutiny because we put the pill in. And now that we've agreed to sell it, I, I'll, right. I'll guarantee you dollars to donuts that the uh, merger agreement is going to have a go <laughs> yeah, And it's probably going to have a very loose you know, long period, do whatever you want. You can give, you don't have to notify us. You can give them any documents they ask for. Yakety, yakety, yakety. yak. What
0: what, what makes me feel good though is, you know, Twitter immediately got the best counsel, right? Or some of the best, right? They they didn't go, they didn't lag in retaining Skadden, talking to Goldman, like, they. I'm jumped. sorry. They
2: got Simpson, Thatcher, versus. Simpson. Was it, Simpson, scan, scan, scans on Elon. Scans the other way. Okay. But yeah, they got He's some got
0: acceptable counsel. They all got. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they got counsel sooner than it seems like Elon did. So, yeah. you know, I feel like they um, they know they need to check their boxes. Yeah. And look,
2: I'll tell yeah. you what. The guy from Alan Klein from Simpson, Thatcher recorded. Uh, pardon. This is recorded. Yeah, <laughs> but Alan Klein. Cl- <laughs> Alan Klein is the. Is the, the, the head Simpson lawyer, i worked work with Alan Klein. He's a pro. I mean, he's a pro, so I don't, I'd be really surprised if the Simpson-Wilson-Sensees team made some unforced errors here. I it's
0: just, what I mean when I tell my students people don't make Revlon Unicall mistakes anymore, because when I was in practice, there's no way in hell we were going to make a Revlon Unicall mistake on, an, you, on a if, big emanation. If you're
1: in Revlon, you either made a big-ass mistake, or you're wanting to be there.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Right? Exactly, it's only it's, a, it's, it's only an affirmative choice. Okay, but so, they, but Okay. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to say. Let's switch gears, just given the time, Chuck. I wanted you to talk about the funding aspect of this, right? So early on, I think most of us five days ago would have said not happening because how's he going to get the money? Now he's going to get the money, and this is this is really your wheelhouse. So tell us about it.
1: Yeah, he got the money. Um, <laughs> well, so he, means- he got some of the money. So what he the only borrowing he's able to pull off against the asset he's buying is $13 billion of secured financing in a bunch of tranches. It Doesn't really matter. But there's $2 billion of EBITDA. Hold that thought. So that's six and a half times forward leverage. That's not excessive in today's um, world where capital is chasing deals. The rest of the money is either a margin loan. He's got a $21 billion margin loan against. Tesla shares that he owns so you can't margin more than 50 percent so he's got to put 42 billion dollars uh, margin of securities with his good friends at Morgan Stanley and it's Morgan and
2: it's, it's rabbit yeah system.
1: yeah exactly uh, and they are represented by DPW and a DPW anyway. um, and then he and then the rest of it is equity so they did that they did the capital structure upside down the way if I was You know, if Elon came to me and said, oh, I want to buy this thing, how am I going to finance it? I mean, you start at the bottom and say, how much can I borrow? And the rest, you're in charge, right? So that's what they did. They went off and they said, can we maybe come up with $13 billion with uh, non-exorbitant pricing and without a whole lot of covenants? And you're going to have to come up with the rest. And he said, okay, sure. How how do I do that? So the margin loan is the same group of lenders and the equity is going to sell some stock. So he's got to sell a boatload of Tesla stock, which this gets back to, you know, if I'm the Tesla board, I'm I'm going WTF, my man. What what are you doing here? This is this is a full time and attention job. You know, you don't get to buy forty seven billion dollar companies on the side and and not tell me that you are full time and attention on your CEO job here where they gave him. You know, they gave him he's all of this money came from this mega grant that he got. Six or seven years yeah, ago, exactly. um, which is, that's a whole different story and crazy in and of itself. But it doesn't surprise me that they finance part of it, but, you know, they're only financing a small part of it, right? So I think he needs, he, if he owns nine and it's 47, right? So he needs like 36 or 37 of fresh money.
2: Billion, billion. Yeah, billion. 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 yeah. <laughs> But he still has to sell. He, he yeah, he's, he's
1: going to sell a boatload. He's going to sell a boatload, and
0: that's going to that hurt stock. Tesla stock, right? And yeah. that's Tesla is the bre- is the well, butter Tesla, of the bread, is, right?
2: Tesla, Tesla is, is traded down as you'd expect because yeah. they expect these shares to come on the market. Um, and that's the other thing I think yeah. people are going to be looking. For. If I'm a Tesla Tesla investor, I'm going to look at the timing of this deal to try and figure out when those the Tesla his Tesla shares will have to hit the market when he has to get his cash. So there's, there's, there's an arbitrage play there too. Yeah. Well,
1: the big, the big question for the lenders
2: is, well, wait a minute,
1: that was $2 billion current of EBITDA current course and speed. You better tell me what the business model looks like there, Elon, right? Because I'm not sure I will guarantee you this asset will not be generating the same amount of EBITDA in three years Uh, as it would as a public, had it remained a public company. Well, that, yeah,
0: there's there's no market analysis says it can. not I mean, it's, they're not tweeting. <laughs> um, no. They're not making more of us. <laughs> like yeah. oh, there are fewer and fewer people, I you know, know, my age and older, every day. And <laughs> um, you know, it's and fair then fair. how the, the circle of life, right? The circle <laughs> of life, and you know, how secure are you going to be if you're Nabisco or whoever else continue to advertise when Elon Musk? Well, is but, but
2: again, he he's also said publicly that you know, advertising, you know, making money is not what I'm in this for. Like, I have to say.
0: I used
2: used to represent banks, and you know what, they actually care about (laughs) that. It's
0: weird. It's so weird how banks care about
2: money. Uh, I I would love, we're going to have to, I've read the
1: commitment papers, but I'd love to read the indenture, you know, the full loan agreements. There's got to be, there's going to have to be an out, right? There's got to be a coverage out, an EBITDA test or something. So there's got to be something. Where they can pull the plug on them I and i
2: i think that is fairly likely here and because and because it'll be interesting to see chuck when they go to syndicate this because when they go to syndicate the loans i'd be mean, fascinated to see what kind of projections oh. they present to those lenders yeah. because that because you have to have that in their in the syndication package in the in the financial and that will have a financial model
0: explain That'll, to the lawyers what the syndication is so what the, i see the blank faces
2: okay that. sorry So so. Basically, there are commitments, there are, what, a half dozen, six or eight banks who have committed to this, okay? But what they've said is, we don't actually want to put up all this money, we want to sell it to other people, okay? We want to get other people to come in. And when they go to do that, that's called for a bank loan, it's called a syndication. And when they do that, they will go out to uh, a bunch of, you know, other investors to get them to, to buy this paper so that they don't have to fund their entire commitment. So when you see that, you'll see what they're interested to see uh, what that's going to look like. Um, and that will be, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be the current? If I, if I'm going to try and buy that paper and say, well, okay, those are, those were the current, the old Twitter projections. What are the new Elon uh, Twitter projections? That right, gonna, They're, they're going to be, well, they could, they could
1: conceivably, he could say they're a lot higher. Because I'm not going to have hundreds of people, right? I mean, um, Jack Dorsey, they were doing a bunch of AI ML stuff to try to figure out how to read the tweet stream in real time and figure out what's objectionable, what's not, what's factually incorrect. But they were never—they have a a rule. Current Twitter has a rule that they never either block content or not tweet tweet out without a, a human looking at it, which slows them down, but is a principle upon which they wanted to run the business. Elon could say, I'm just going to do all that, you know, uh, through compute cycles and we'll write a better algorithm. And, you know, he said publicly Maybe they're using is the, the wrong the algorithm. Wrong. But so, like, Chuck, I, I'd say this,
2: this is, a, this is a, this business, it's, it's the revenue stupid. And yes, well, I, I, know. So and I, and I, I don't think that's going to pencil up.
1: The oh. advertisers are going to run. The, all
0: right, the,
2: we're going to pause for a student question. Oh, good. Max. It's pretty clear once Elon takes this private that he will have duties to shareholders. Share. but he but he will have duties to the banks and to in the investors. So he can Are there going to be audits? What he can do that? not yeah. to repeat the question. That's a good. The answer is probably, and we'll see soon enough because that will, that stuff will be that will be public and will have to be will be published before. Um, before the deal closes, so we'll to So let's talk about some M and A stuff, right? So um, we've already
0: seen a ton of M and A vocab kicked around this transaction. So, for instance, a poison pill, a potential white knight. So for those of you who haven't taken M and A, poison pill is an agreement in this case that says if Elon buys more than fifteen percent of Twitter's shares, Twitter's shareholders other than Elon will get to buy more shares of Twitter for a low price. So this, if the you know other Twitter shareholders actually exercise their option to do this, this basically dilutes Elon's 15% share of the company, so it makes it super, super, super hard for them to take it over. So, Peter, the poison pill is still in place. Yes. Um, what Tell us what
2: happens. So what this merger agreement will provide, almost certainly, is that they will disable the poison pill immediately before the closing. So the, a poison pill, the board has the ability to so basically amend it at any time, they can redeem it. Which but means they, just cancel it. Uh, or cancel it. And what they'll probably do is amend it to cancel it, which they can do. And it'll be the merger agreement will provide that that they're required to do that and that'll be a condition that they do that. And they will do that. Um so they'll just el- they'll eliminate it, um they'll take it off the plane.
0: Okay, and Carlos, is it still legally possible for a white knight to come along? So, white knight, for those you again, uh, is like another company or person who comes in to buy Twitter instead of us. It's still possible, but you know, kind of how we've already discussed. I don't know who it would be. Right. Right. So, legally, yes. Realistically, maybe not. And then, Chuck, strategically, well, so
1: the yeah. merger agreement will have a term that says you can terminate to take a higher offer. There will be a a. Uh A breakup. Uh, Well, we're probably going to be go shop. uh, It's just going for another person. Starting from the day you sign the merger agreement, so that's already in place. My suspicion is, but if you found a buyer X at fifty four twenty one, which would be the market clearing price um, under Revlon, um, you would terminate the existing merger agreement. You kind of pay a breakup fee, and then you sign the merger agreement with Party X,
2: Brand X, new guy.
0: <laughs> uh, I was going to say, they are calling this Project X. Yes. Are they? Yeah, yeah. 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 I thought they were going to get more creative. It's like a boring project. It's yeah. Like, um,
2: it's so classic. <laughs> this is, this how, is, tell is us like, how you really feel. This is like Silicon Valley silliness
1: of the nth degree, to the nth degree, but that's different. Right.
0: Um, so, strategically speaking, Chuck, what mm-hmm. do you think is that? What, what are your predictions about what's going to unfold here?
1: Well I think the I don't think there's a I don't think there's a higher bid out there we would know it already um as per my discussion earlier about the you know saying his best and final was setting the reserve price which is actually looks like a boneheaded move but ended up being actually a good move so I don't think there's a higher bid out there I think the uh, I think the lenders are going to freak the heck out because Insofar as he, he is even able to articulate a going forward business case, it's going to be very different than the business case of Twitter as a public company. So what will you be lending against? That's a kind of an interesting question if you're giving them $13 billion. Um, so what's the business model? What's the revenue stream? And I, I'm sure the banks are going to go out and do a bunch of diligence with advertisers who are all going to say, I have frozen my budget at this place, and I'm going over to the avocado toast place, so I'm going over here <laughs> to, you know, any place else that... It, so, I, I think there's a real issue with will the financing close on its current terms? His answer will be, okay, fine, you want to lend me less money, I'll just sell more Tesla stock. Yeah, okay, right. What, so, what they announced so, is yeah. that
2: there is no financing condition in the merger. Yeah, so I they said. Said. It wouldn't be surprising. The question then, though, is how much do we think Elon will owe them if there's a failure of uh, uh, if he doesn't close? I, I'm guessing it's somewhat. It's either it's it's 21 billion dollars or less. When you read his equity commitment. Oh yeah, his,
1: his equity commitment will flex. It's, so be, that uh, was already anticipated. But right? I think
2: so, so. I'm guessing. So, but but he's not gonna if. if if the if the financing doesn't come together, I think he's going to be forced to sell more Tesla stock because otherwise he's going to have to just write him a check for a huge number. And yeah. I don't it's it's going to be less than twenty one billion. But I'm yeah. guessing maybe not much. All yeah. right, so I'm
0: going to do final quick reactions from each person. I will go last, and then we'll do questions from the audience. So so Peter, uh, so everyone should share one kind of fun inside baseball tidbit from this whole drama that you would just you know. Something that you want to, what you want to do is bore your family with it over dinner, but instead we're going to talk to you.
2: Actually, so if you look at the the lineup of uh, of advisors here, okay? Um, Twitter started out with with, um, Goldman Sachs. They brought in J.P. Morgan, okay? Which was, I think, a very smart move on Twitter's uh, part, okay? And I'm going to ask Chuck why was that a smart thing? they are trying, trying to dry up the debt market, but it didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, the reason is J.P. Morgan is the far and away the market leader in providing acquisition financing. <coughs> so they brought them in on the sell side um, to um, basically to take them off the playing field. It didn't work, but it was I, actually I thought that was I thought that was I think that that one was probably a smart thing for uh, yeah. the Twitter. Twitter.
1: Uh, the mighty Morgan Stanley stepped up.
0: <laughs> oh, no, he's not biased. He's, yeah, he's not. He's not biased. At all. No, but they did a good
2: job. I he probably still has some stock. Right? Um, <laughs> uh, no, but I think that that was a smart move. That was a
0: Carlos, fun fact. You know, to me, the fact that this pri- if this price really is another four twenty joke, and there is no valuation or anything whatsoever <laughs> involved in it, that will be my favorite tidbit. I mean, yeah. the the idea that you know. He has the ability to set a market price in that way by making jokes. He did it when he said he would take Tesla private at twenty, and now he's doing it again with the fifty-four twenty. Um, and so it just makes me like question the power we give billionaires in general. Like some people have way too much money for the amount of sense. Here, here. Right. All right, Chuck.
1: Uh, I'm re- reminded of uh, Mr. Justice Holmes in dissent. This is. Twitter is not the free marketplace of ideas. Um, So if you go back and think about what the seditionists were doing in 1917, they were arrested. Case didn't get to the Supreme Court until 1919, but they were pamphleteering, um, which implies that they had a well-thought-out, coherent point of view, which had been written which had been printed on a a real printing press and was being distributed on the street, both in English and Yiddish, which is a different different question. But that is, um, that's, in my mind, fundamentally different than 280 characters off the top of your head. And, you know, Twitter was, it was regarded in its early days as haiku for the internet because it started at 140 characters Leaving the, the, the syllabication aside, but it's it, it's it's like so. If, if Elon is coming at this with a political mindset that it is it is about the free trade and ideas, this is not it. Or at least, in my estimation, this shouldn't be it. That I think is the question for people your age to really wrestle with, which is this is you know this is. Um, snap judgment incoherent it is uh it is over has been overtaken by bots it is there are all these there's some fascinating stuff you can pull up on ted talks where if you look at how the twitter universe works you can you see a little bit of human spark and then you see all of the aggregation comes from this this automated um echo chamber stuff so the 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 fundamental irony here is what makes it a good advertising platform which is to discover affinities through how the user interacts with the content that's an incredibly powerful idea that we didn't have 20 years ago right advertising started out as billboards you see on the highway they don't know whether or not you're interested in buying whatever is right now they know right you're you're 17 clicks in so you've created an affinity profile that works powerfully for advertisers but it created the echo chamber on the in the politics and those are the, they are manifestations of that is essentially the same thing one is a good economic thing and one my one man's opinion is a horrible outcome uh, with respect so we we need to redefine what it is, I don't. I, I just don't think you can. I think he's got a a flawed, fundamentally flawed, albeit very modern take on what it means to have political discourse and debate. And Twitter ain't it. So that's my takeaway.
0: My fun fact is much. Less
1: philosophical.
0: Uh, my fun fact is that usually when you want to take over a company um, and, and they, in an unsolicited offer, you send them a bear hug letter, which is a short letter that says like, "I'd like to take over your company for this price," and this is why I think Elon um, sent like a two line letter and a text message. And I just love to—I think this is history's first bear hug text message, mm-hmm. um, which I just think is extremely funny. Um, uh, but yeah, you so, should
1: tell. You should say his tagline.
0: Oh, his tagline was that, he, it's like, Twitter has incredible value. I, I will um, unlock it. it. Uh, <laughs> so, questions. Final questions. We have four minutes left. Yeah, go ahead. What do you think um, on uh, the of your head are the biggest tax law issues I guess I never wrote that. Tax law? Tax. That seems okay, like, a, that a a seems like Peter that. Lyons. No. I'll take a shot at that.
2: So, one of the questions will be is, is what is what is Elon must basis in his uh, in his shares. So how much tax does he owe? I think most of this is ch- his wait. It's Tesla shares. Or it's is, Tesla shares. It's Tesla shares. Will be zero basis. Be zero. They're, com- they're compensatory. So compensatory. Now what he may do is try and engage in some derivatives transaction to defer that. There are uh, there are a number of different. There are collars. There are other other things that he can do to try and defer that tax liability. So that's where the tax planning is. On the for, for the Twitter shareholders, it's a cash transaction. I have to say, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of tax In taxable. Who really. those who pay tax will be and <laughs>
1: but institutions don't. Definitely. So it's eighty five percent institutional hell. They don't care. Yeah.
0: Oh, and, and then and oh. we have, you you gave a number before we talked about how much
2: value of Tesla stock you would have to sell to get to the twenty one billion. Well, think about twenty one billion if it's fully taxable and it's compensatory. So what does that get you to somewhere north of 30 billion? We have a question over there. Uh, when he says, Elon says that he wants to roll over as many of the shareholders to the private company, awesome. what do
0: you think he needs? Okay, so the question is, Elon says he wants to roll over as many of the, the existing shareholders as he can into the private company. What do we mean? That's... I don't. I mean, if you if you roll over as many as possible, you're not
2: taking it private. Well, and the answer is I. But he said it's still going to be a private company. So I think I what I inferred from what he said was that it's a cash deal. But then, if you want, I'm going to make an opportunity for other other people to invest their after-tax proceeds, if they pay taxes, mm-hmm. into that as opposed to making it part of the deal. Because he doesn't want if he doesn't want this to be a public company. He said he doesn't then he's going to have to do a subsequent transaction uh, kind of after the fact. So like basically let them invest. Yeah. He, 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 he could have built another Twitter for a
1: whole lot less than $47 billion. He really could
0: have. So it was just
1: like, what? So I, this is back to my opening comment about what I, 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 I
2: don't know what the guy is thinking. That's what I would have done. I would he have built have,
0: a new one. Oh yes.
2: Yeah, that's what. Look, that's what the guys who invented TikTok came up to. They invented a new. Some people might say better version. Okay.
0: Well, so. and and that's why you know I'm like, who knows what has happened since we've been in here? He could totally be like, oh, never mind. Just yeah. like, at some point he was like, he said something like, oh, never mind, and I thought he meant oh, never mind Twitter, but it was like oh, never mind a different beef that he had. Yeah. Hmm. Um, like I'm gonna stop picking on Bill Gates. I think was his different. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Who like who knows like I, yeah he just since we did that they're not able to sustain yeah so what happens if you can't well it's called a bankruptcy.
2: bankruptcy yeah <laughs> and they really it's possible look if you can't if you can't repay remember this is the, the, the 12 billion kind of what called the, the company debt yeah. then that you know they could you know if they can't repay it then that will lead to a restructuring And eventually, could lead to a bankruptcy. Where guess what? That may mean that unless he once again put more equity in it to pay off that debt, then the lenders will ultimately take over the company. So where again, I don't don't know. That's
0: I could see him taking it private, totally failing, and (laughs) and you know just getting the company near bankruptcy, then going public again.
1: Oh yeah, the the commitment letters call for that. They call for that in the sense that if there's a If there are proceeds from a downstream IPO, it has to go first to pay down the
0: debt. Yep. All right. So that's all the time we have, but please feel free to pop up and let's let's let them go and then they can come up and ask. Yeah. 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 All right.